Witchy Mamas, Practical Living for Modern Families. Create magic every day and discover tips and tricks to keeping you sane and grounded while living in the real world. I'm your host, Billy Corinne. Hey, it's Billy, and I have the pleasure of talking with Jordan today. How are you, Jordan? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I am very good. I'm so glad to have you. So, um, Jordan, uh, she uses she, her pronouns. She's a mother of four living in the Pacific Northwest on several acres with her husband, kids, and many animal friends, both domesticated and wild. In between homeschooling her children and milking her goats, she is a learning herbalist, tarot reader, astrologist, and intuitive. Filling lots of fillings, writing some poetry, and trying to be a good human. Welcome, Jordan. <laughs> Thank you so much. <laughs> so let's see. I've got Gosh, so much we could discuss. Um, so you have how you have four children. Um, tell us how old are they? Um, my oldest, Clementine, is turning twelve on Monday, so really soon. Um, birthday. And then I have three boys. Malcolm is seven, Arthur is four, and George is one and a half. Awesome. Have you always homeschooled them? We have. Clementine went to a co-op preschool when she was four, and that's the last time that any of them were in school. But my boys this year, well, Malcolm and Arthur started a, like, wilderness school that's in our town, which is really neat. Um, They learn about, you know, like, building fires and Malcolm's starting whittling and um, plant identification and stuff, that kind of thing. It's really cool. That sounds amazing. Um, yeah, and then Clementine just started this year a homeschool program through the public school district, and she's really liking that. And it's nice because she gets to go socialize with other kids her age and um, have some independence a little bit twice a week. Very nice. Okay, um, let's talk a little bit about herbalism. How did you get into that? And Yeah, um, so after Arthur was born, I was having a lot of anxiety. Um, I've always been a little anxious, but after he was born, it was a lot more. Um, and a lot of it was kind of like apocalyptic anxiety. Like, <laughs> um, you know, like what if there's like a yes. massive earthquake and we're just on our own for months or that kind of thing. Um, and so I started thinking like, if I knew about the plants around us and how to like take care of my family in that way, then maybe I would not feel as nervous. So I started like stockpiling some books and um, reading them and then found an online herbalism school and signed up for that. And um, that was like four years ago and have just slowly kind of started to learn about growing my own herbs and processing them and the different things I can do with them. Amazing. Yeah. Um, what are some of your favorite herbs and how do you use them? My very favorite herb and I think everyone's favorite herb if they knew her would be a motherwort. Um, she is in the mint family. So a really hardy plant. I like to use a tincture of motherwort. It's for anxiety and for me, when I have tea or tincture with motherwort in it, I get this bodily sensation immediately as if I took a really good deep breath, like this kind of relaxation. And I feel like motherwort's personality is like a booing kind of 
like if you were struggling to swim and someone threw you a like life preserver, it's that little bit of support you need to get yourself out of the situation. Right. So it's very gentle kind of personality of the herb. And it's great in tea too, but tincture is easy to just like have in your purse and take a <laughs> little dropper full if you're feeling like you need it. Right. Okay. That sounds great. I'm going to have to give that a try. Yeah. Yes. I think everyone can, <laughs> especially <laughs> mothers. That's what they say is it's um, like in the older herbalism books, especially it would say it's good for a mother's worries. Mm-hmm. Um, and so especially having the like postpartum anxiety with Arthur, that's the one that I was really drawn to. And the first herb where I was like, I can feel this working immediately. Um, Cause I think I was a little bit of a skeptic, even as I was trying to learn about these herbs, I was also like, you know, when I have a cold, I just want to take Dayquil right. <laughs> um, and feel better right away. And so then as I've like used like garlic and mullion oil for my earaches or, you know, the motherwort or thyme for belly cramps, that kind of thing, I've just been like, these herbs are our friends. Like they are really supporting us here. And even just having them in my yard, I have um, a hawthorn tree and hawthorn is um, good for the heart. It's good literally for your heart. And it's also good for grief and sadness. And sometimes when I just go out and sit by the tree, I just feel that support even without having to ingest any of it. Mm-hmm. And I also, hawthorn trees have, they have like thorns or spikes on them. And there's been a few times when I've stood up and like stood right into one of those thorns and it's pricked my head. And I always take that as a sign that like, there's something in my head, like a thought that is not serving me that I need to kind of assess and, you know. Definitely. Address. <laughs> That's great. Um, what are her- some other herbs that you use on a daily basis? Um, Thyme is one that I use really often myself and a lot of, most of my kids get um, kind of get stomach cramps, like a little bit Mm -hmm. of IBS maybe, but I found that in like heavy soups with like beans or a lot of broccoli or anything that might cause stomach cramps. If I put thyme in that, we just don't seem to get those same pains. So time is one that I kind of stumbled into using and now feel like is like one of our biggest allies. And then other plants we use a lot that grow around here are um, nettle, which we have a nettle patch we've been cultivating because nettle is just like so of the earth and has so many nutrients, um, minerals and vitamins for us that are really easily accessible if you make a tea or we put it in soups a lot or make pesto. Mm -hmm. And then we have tons of plantain and chickweed, which are, um, you know, considered weeds, but we use plantain in a salve that we make along with calendula that we grow. And my kids think it's magic. They will put it on any (laughs) like sting, bite, ingrown hair, like blemish, anything. They'll just put the salve on it. They even put it on their cats. One of their our cats gets really dry pads on her paws and they'll like put it on her pads. That's um, sweet. <laughs> I don't know. So they really, they, my kids, I think would say they love plantain the most and they'll find the leaves and just chew them up and like spit them onto a bug bite or whatever if they are outside and need 
that kind of help from the plant. Yeah. So using, um, adding thyme to soups, I mean, is there, do you use fresh thyme, dried thyme? I mean, is there a preference? I like to add fresh thyme because it isn't as strong of a flavor. So I feel like I can add a lot more into it. And thyme is pretty easy to grow where we are, but I definitely use dried thyme as well. Um, Even just, you know, store-bought thyme. Okay. And, you know, I haven't really found myself using too little where I'm like, oh, that didn't help us. I think any amount seems to help, um, but it's, Especially with fresh thyme, you can really put a lot in before it tastes very thymey. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but thyme especially is really great if you're having like um, like soup with cheese in it or something with kind of heavy fats because it really helps your digestive system move those through. Gotcha. Okay. Awesome. Um, well, you talked about your kids and how your kids are involved with the herbs as well. Um, let's talk about some more family traditions. Yeah, we celebrate pretty much all the typical like American holidays. I don't know what you want to call them. So Christmas <laughs> and Halloween and um, we are not Christian. So Easter for us is like a celebration of spring, but we celebrate it on Easter day and the Easter bunny comes and Christmas. But we've also started to try and the last few years pay attention to the solstices. Mm -hmm. And like on winter solstice, we take a candle and walk through, you know, starting at the front door, walk through the house to bring in the light. That's one of the first traditions I felt like we were able to like I was able to bring into the family that wasn't just like the Hallmark holiday type right. traditions. This year, we, on Halloween, we also talked a lot about my grandma, who the kids never got to meet, but I was really close with. And, and we built a little altar and put out some pomegranate. And I just talked to them about memories um, of my grandmother, who I called Honey. And so that was really nice and felt really special because um, with them not getting to meet her, I feel like they don't have any tangible memories of her, obviously. But I think then they'll remember that um, that conversation, especially with like the lighting of the candles and the pomegranate. And um, then we talked about things that had had been good in the year, like special things that happened in the year and then maybe negative things that happened in the year. Mm-hmm. And um what we were hoping for the year ahead um, on Halloween. So kind of taking that as our new year instead of the one in January, which I've never really connected with. Mm -hmm. Well, that sounds amazing. I think it's a great tool to give our kids, you know, to give them that ability to reflect. You know, I think a lot of younger children, you know, don't think about what's led up to where they're at that year and, you know, what's to come. I think, you know, we, we tend to let children, you know, just, just be children. I mean, (laughs) of course we want that, but, you know, want them to start thinking a little bit deeper too. And, you know, giving them that tool of reflection so they can, um, you know, grow as people. Yeah. One of my favorite books, um, novels that I read, there's a line where she says, Um, about her nephew who she's raising she says um, I would treat him as if he knew everything I did and one day he would and I mean 
obviously don't take that literally. Like I'm not going to tell them about every terrible thing that happens in the news or anything (laughs) not age appropriate, but generally being transparent with them, I think for me is what feels right. Um, Mm -hmm. And so sometimes when I talk to them about like, you know, I am not as patient as I want to be. And some days I do a good job, but a lot of days I feel like I fail. And so I talk to them about that and then they talk to me about things they're working on and I feel like they feel like it's okay to be vulnerable in that way rather than feeling like, oh, they're just not meeting expectations. But they know that I have goals for myself that I'm not meeting, but I'm always trying. Definitely. That, that is huge. Like having that open dialogue with children, you know, um, I'm very close with all of my kids and, you know, and, and as they've grown and I mean, my oldest is now almost 17 and, you know, the things that she confides in me and, you know, I know about her friends and all these things. And, you know, there's times where I'm thinking to myself, like, why is she telling me this? I (laughs) never told my mother anything like this, you know, and I, you know, cringe a little inside, (laughs) (laughs) but you know, I'm so grateful that I have that relationship with her, that she trusts me enough to come and, and share these intimate details of her life. Exactly. That's definitely what I want for my kids. I feel like I was always pretty close to my parents growing up Mm -hmm. and yet there was so much they just didn't know. Mostly just how sad I was like growing up. High school and middle school were not great for me and I want my kids to know. I mean to feel like that they can tell me or if they can't tell me that they can tell their dad or one of our friends or their grandparents or that they have adults that they can really talk to that it's not like just this is what we do I don't know right no absolutely I you know we we do such a disservice to our youth when you know we expect just happy cheery children all the time you know we we're humans we have so many emotions that we deal with all the time and when we expect perfection from our kids you know how how are we helping them (laughs) that that doesn't make any sense exactly I have had this realization probably more than once, but I remember I was in my car and I was talking to my daughter about how she wasn't being patient with her brother and she had snapped at him. And I realized I am chastising her, not even like mildly, but like I was really angry with her for something that I cannot do myself. And Mm -hmm. I was holding a five-year-old to much higher expectations than I've ever been able to like meet. Right. Um, and in that moment, I was like, okay, this needs to change right now. Yeah. I mean, when you see yourself in your children, yes, <laughs> there's that mirror staring back at you that's like, you know, shame on you. Look at what you're doing. Yeah. That, that's really hard to swallow sometimes. It is. I know. And I'm like, look at my daughter and I'm like, okay, well, I'm sure I gave you some great things, but I also gave you like motion sickness and migraines and, (laughs) you know, but then I look at her and she is more patient than I am. Mm -hmm. And so I'm like, she's going to do better. Like from, I think my grandparents were probably great and obviously they were raised in a different time. And then they raised my parents in a different time. And I know that my parents, um, 
came so far from what their parents were as far as being really accepting and nurturing and making space for me to be who I was and not, you know, but I feel like I've opened that even more for my daughter. And then I just see that um, if she chooses to have kids, that she's going to be a much better mom than I've been able to be to her even. So that always gives me hope when I see that pattern in my family and I think in my husband's family and I hope in families all over. Mm -hmm. That's wonderful. Um, So how, let's see, how are your children involved in your magical practices? They, my, I would say my magical practices are pretty new as far as me being able to just be like, yes, I'm a witch and I'm going to do these things because they make me feel good and they have meaning to me. And it's okay if that's not, um, I don't have like a witchy community in person that I can Mm -hmm. um, really be with. So it's very solitary in that way. But um, my daughter loves to do any like um, balm making with me and all the kids and I talk about the plants in our yard. Actually, it was really sweet. One day this summer, I opened up our snack drawer and my Arthur, my three-year-old at the time, had put a bunch of sprigs of chickweed in the mm-hmm. snack drawer. <laughs> um, <laughs> so they're involved in that. But then like that, a few weeks ago, I was out in the backyard and George was going through a molehill. And I found these two stones in it. One was um, like this flat kind of jagged stone with really sharp edges. um, And it was almost a perfect square. And the other one was um, a very heavy round stone with kind of uh, speckles. And um, I just felt really drawn to them and I put them in my pocket. And then later that day, my seven-year-old was really angry about something and um, that's something he struggles with is coming back from his anger. Mm-hmm. And so I gave him the stones and I put one in each hand and I just told him like, this is a, a magic spell to help you calm down. And you just need to hold the stones and feel the differences in them and look at them and see how they're different. And you can um, switch, you know, hold them both in one hand, switch hands rub them on your face. You can think about how they were under the ground for who knows how many years. And then this mole pushed them up. And um, he came out like five minutes later, which is, I mean, usually he'll be in his room trying to calm down for an hour. He came out really fast and he was just like, your spell worked. And he like handed me the rocks back. And then a few days later asked for the spell again and I gave him the rocks. And so he really connected with that. And I think that was kind of like a turning point for me. That was when I edited my Instagram uh, profile when I was like, yes, I'm a witch. (laughs) I can put that on there now because I just was like, yes, I made this meaning and I, but it's real, Mm -hmm. you know, it's real to me and it's real to Malcolm and, So other things that we do, my daughter, of course, being the oldest is the most involved. She likes to talk to me about tarot cards and and talk about the spreads I do with them. And she has her own deck that Mm -hmm. she doesn't really use them um, yet, but she's working on making a deck herself. I gave her one of my books and I was like, yeah, if you want to make your own deck, you can just look at you know, the meanings in this book and maybe try and incorporate what you think. So she's made four, the first four cards in the major arcana, I think. That's amazing. 
Yeah. Very cool. So do your children use talking to you and asking questions right at bedtime so they don't have to go to sleep too? (laughs) (laughs) We have a pretty involved routine, which is funny because I am not a routine person. I Uh so much wish I was that I could do daily stuff, but like beyond getting coffee ready and drinking it in the morning, I feel like I just fail spectacularly (laughs) to keep up any routine. Except for we now watch an episode of Star Trek together each night, and then we read to the kids and they go to bed. (laughs) And since we've been doing that, there's not as much of the questions and the deep talks that (laughs) I do find with Clementine the most. Like sometimes I'll read to her and then I'm like, so ready to go to sleep and my eyes are like half closed and then she's like bearing her soul to me and I'm like okay I know. Like, <laughs> and how do you stop that exactly <laughs> and I remember that feeling as a kid like yeah. that feeling of just like suddenly there's this space where you just want to share everything you've been thinking about <laughs> that's so funny oh goodness and how do you feel i a lot of times we'll see on Instagram and in books about witchcraft where they're talking about like casting a circle or grounding your energy and that kind of thing. And those are things that I'm like, yeah, I'm really interested in doing this. And maybe in five years I'll have space to do that. But I can't imagine having time to like cast a circle. And then I think the book I read said not to, you know, not to leave the circle. And if you If you're away for more than 10 minutes, you have to recast the circle. And obviously, it's a very personal thing. Like, you don't have to do exactly what a book says. But I feel like a lot of um, the peers that I find on social media and stuff maybe don't have children. And so Mm -hmm. in that way, I feel a little little like I'm having to create my own ideas of what my witchcraft can look like right now as this you know, the kind of the center of our family Mm -hmm. at the moment. Like I once went into my bedroom and then I just set a timer on my phone to see how long it would take before someone came and find, like found me. And less than (laughs) a minute later, my husband came back with the baby and like within a three more minutes, every single person and three of our cats were in the bedroom. (laughs) And I just feel like it's a blessing to be the person that, you know, that everyone else radiates around in my family right now. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the son in our family just because I'm the mom, I guess, or I'm the one who's the home the most or, or whatever it is. But, um, but it's hard to find any space. So to go back to the beginning, as far as like, you know, casting a circle, Mm -hmm. you do have to make it your own, you know, you can read lots and, you know, listen to everybody. I'm, I'm going to disagree and say, you know, you I'm trying to remember exactly what you said. Um, so growing up, you know, I got into witchcraft when I was about 13. Um, you know, I never had a lot of tools. So everything I ever did was, you know, through visualization. And so I, 
you know, have really harnessed that tool. And so all of my circle cast state and everything is just pure visualization. I say don't wait, you know, for the perfect time because guess what? It's never going to happen. It's never going to. <laughs> you know, and if you can just start by visualizing that glowing ball and each day that ball just gets bigger and bigger and bigger and, you know, soon it will completely encompass you. Mm -hmm. um, you know, things like that. And these are also things you can teach your children to do. Um, yeah. I know it's harder like with the little ones. Um, but you know, when your one and a half year old is sitting in your lap nursing, it's the perfect time to kind of just sit back and concentrate and let your mind go and, you know, start to, um, you know, visualize that circle. Yeah. Cause I get it. Anytime mom shuts the door, the kids are pounding on the door, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, um, I, I, right now I have teenagers. So they, you know, when I say, Hey, I need an hour to myself, the teenagers will help and, you know, take care of the little. So I'm, I'm feeling very fortunate right now, but you know, there was a time where I had, you know, three kids under five. Oh that was hard. <laughs> yeah. And I remember that, you know, you, you don't have a moment to yourself and, you know, but I would use story time, you know, we would, I would kind of walk them through a meditation and things like that. Um, like guided meditations would be a great tool to use. I think you don't have to have a permanent circle, you know, make, yeah. do what you, you know, what makes sense in your life. Um, but visualization is, is such an important tool to uh, be able to use. Did that answer that question at all? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think like you said, you just really have to find what works for you in this season of your life. And that will, of course, as we know, every, you know, every two it's all going to change. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it does. But you know, um, I mean, since, like I said, since I was like 13, being able to d just visualize what I need has been huge for me because it doesn't matter where I'm at, what I'm doing, who I'm with, if I can, you know, calm and ground myself and, you know, have a, a circle of protection around myself, you know, it helps me in every situation. So yeah. just being able to utilize that and, you know, teach our kids those, those things. And, you know, um, kid, I, in my experience, kids love guided meditations and mm -hmm. have a lot of fun with those. So it would be a good exercise. Yeah, I think so too. Um, and I've definitely done things like that, especially with my daughter who was really open to it when she would get upset. We had a, a whale meditation we would use to help her do her deep breaths and, you know, calm down, imagine she was under the sea, that kind of thing. And then it's funny because my seven-year-old, he was just born to show me another side of parenting. Like he's yes. a totally different person. <laughs> and I've learned so much from him because things that I might innately value are not things he innately values and things he really values are things that I really struggle with and so I just have to ask a lot of questions what do you love about Nerf guns so much <laughs> like you know like, what do you love about soldiers like it's a really a struggle but also such a huge learning experience that's so funny yeah I know when my 
uh, my first son was born, I mean, you know, the never a thought of like my kid would have a toy gun or, or do any yeah. of these things. And, you know, he's a year and a half old playing in the yard, shooting things with a stick. Yes, and exactly. I'm like, where does that come from? Because you're watching Little Bear and <laughs> Yes, exactly. You've never seen a gun in your life. How do you know what a gun is? <laughs> <laughs> and they do somehow. With Malcolm, I like I only bought him like animal toys and he mm-hmm. had like tons of farm books and he liked them, but then when he was I wanna say one and a half, he found um a car that I used to work at a bookstore and a customer had brought me this little toy car and he found that and like, he did not look back. It was all cars and trucks <laughs> after that. Like, and then, you know, that moved on to being super interested in like military vehicles and mm-hmm. tanks. And I'm just like, why though? And then I'm sometimes like, if we lived in a cabin in the woods and he had only watched like little bear, specifically the show that I'm always like if I only exposed him to Little Bear and nothing else but then one of my friends told me once like some kids she said boys but I think it's just some kids have that interest and tendency to maybe want to have like aggressive rough play and Mm -hmm. um, that kind of thing and she said if you only showed him Little Bear and like read him nice books then he would feel at odds with what's inside of him Mm -hmm. and he would feel like maybe it was wrong or whatever and so I try to think about that because I don't want him to ever feel like something about him is bad or wrong and I really struggle with using shaming language Um, I think shame is just the most toxic feeling you can have and I I feel like I probably have a lot of it (laughs) and have at times vomited that out onto my kids and so it's something that I really try and work on Mm -hmm. and um, I just don't want to give them that tendency to feel shame about themselves so yeah learning what is cool about military vehicles is like my goal for this year. (laughs) (laughs) I mean everybody in my family now owns a Nerf gun and we have Nerf gun wars so you know (laughs) yeah yeah and that can be fun and I think it's just like you just have to find peace with it somehow like and I think it's okay to draw a line like he wanted to dress up as a soldier for Halloween and I told him like real soldiers are fighting and they die or their lives are changed forever because they're injured or they have to kill someone. And I don't like, for me, it's not a costume. Like Mm -hmm. it's not something you can dress up as. I'm, I don't judge anyone else who did dress up as a soldier, but I'm just really uncomfortable with that kind of similar to some of the, I mean, he wouldn't be playing these, but video games um, that like maybe my husband might have been interested in playing that are our games yeah that really simulate what war could be happening now right i just i just don't think it's a game like i don't know so so for us that was my line but he really wants a nerf gun and he knows like the rules for guns in our house would be the same rule if it was a real gun Mm -hmm. uh so maybe you might be getting one for Christmas. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. A couple years ago for Christmas, I just bought everybody a small Nerf gun and I was like, yeah. let's just have some fun. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think that's great. 
I was really interested in paintball when I was uh, like in middle school. I just thought that sounded like it would be the most fun thing yeah. ever. <laughs> and I never got to play just by, you know, chance. But yeah, yeah, I something I need to continue to open <laughs> up on, I think. <laughs> right. I know like as my kids have gotten older, um, you know, and as things came up like, hey, mom, can I dye my hair purple or can I do this and that and can I – you know, pierce my nose. And yeah, so I, I felt, I was like, I need a solid reason. Like, you know, I can't just say no, Yes, <laughs> you know, and you know, like the purple hair, it's like, yeah, it's, it's hair. Let's, let's go with purple hair mm -hmm. and you know, the nose. No, you don't, I'm not going to allow you to put a permanent hole on your face, you know, while you're still a teenager, like when you're an adult, yeah. that's a decision you can make, but not yet. So, you know, I, I try really hard to not be the parent that just says no, you know, I yes. give everything, you know, a lot of thought. <laughs> and, you know, if I'm going to tell one of my teenagers, no, I, I better have a damn good reason for it. Yeah. I think that that is really wise. One thing that I really appreciate that my parents did, there was a time, I think I may have been a freshman in high school. I'm not sure how old I was, but I was really interested in Wicca. I am not Wiccan, um, mm -hmm. but I was really interested in it and got some books from the library. And one of the things I was really amazed about when I was reading it was as a child, what I thought like heaven or the afterlife would be was like exactly what was described as the belief in this book. Mm -hmm. And so I felt like maybe like as a kid, I just knew and it's true, um, which is certainly be what I would hope. <laughs> I think sometimes that's the most you can do. Maybe not believe, but hope. Yeah. Um, but I, I think now looking back that my mom was probably a little uncomfortable with my interest. Um, but she listened. She just listened. She didn't say no or mm -hmm. show any judgments. I think she was really good at that a lot of the time as I was a teenager. And so I really appreciate that. And I agree that they, you know, that example, like there are things we have to say no to, but there needs to be a good reason and allowing them to explore like purple hair, mm -hmm. like you said, or reading about different religions or um, that kind of thing. It's really important if we want them to keep talking to us. Definitely. Absolutely. Well, Jordan, this has been so much fun. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. Yeah, thank you so much for asking. It was really pleasant. <laughs> well, fantastic. Well, I hope to talk to you soon. Um, where can we find you on Instagram? Um, my Instagram, which is just kind of a new baby Instagram, is fruition tarot. Um, with an underscore in the middle. Okay. And um, my personal Instagram is your Liesl, um, like from the sound of music. <laughs> um, so that's just Y-O-U-R-L-I-E-S-L. And that's mostly just pictures of my kids and quotes from books I like. So I don't know how much interest that will be to people, but um, my tarot Instagram is something that I plan to try and incorporate more tarot and other witchy business in. Perfect. And you can always find me at witchymamas.com or on Instagram at Billy Corinne, as well as on Twitter at Billy Corinne or at witchymamas. And if you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe, 
rate and review. It will help us get amazing guests as well as bring you great content. See you next time.